Hungry for change in your life? Feed your ambition with Board Bia Talent Academy's Insights and Innovation Program. Get some incredible food for thought with a fully funded master's from DCU Business School. Learn from world-class innovators with placements in Irish food, drink and horticulture companies. And do it all while bringing home the bacon with a generous monthly bursary. Sound like your cup of tea? Nourish your career prospects by visiting boardbia.ie forward slash talent academy. Applications closing soon. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by Anna Geary, chatting all things life, health and her new book, The Game Plan. It really is starting to become aware of who you're following, why you're following them. Do they essentially make you feel good about yourself? Do they inspire you? Do they motivate you? Sometimes you don't need to see other people in the gym for two hours or with their eight pack, not even their six pack. I'm like, that's, you know, that's not good for me right now. And I think becoming aware of that is really important. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Today on the Indo-Daily, from turbulent start to triumphant finish, the life and times of legend Tina Turner. There are two massive arena tours taking place at the moment. There's Beyonce and Taylor Swift. But you see, there was a time when women simply couldn't do this. Filling out football stadiums was confined to male rock bands and it was unheard of for women until this lady. Now with the sad news that the world has lost Tina Turner, the queen of rock and roll, today's episode takes a look at the tests and triumphs of the pop icon and how her influence continues to mould and shape the music industry. I'm Siobhan McGuire and I'm joined by Dave Hanratty, music journalist and host of the No Encore podcast to talk all things Tina. Good afternoon. We're coming on the air with breaking news in the music world. Tina Turner, the legendary rock and roll singer and performer, has died at the age of 83 after a long illness in her home near Zurich, Switzerland. Turner, born Dave, Tina Turner, for so many of us, was this incredible singer, wonderful dancer, fashion icon. But her life was fundamentally an abusive one and an abusive one way before Ike Turner even entered this scene. This is the thing, yeah. I mean, like, it's it's a story of rejection. It's a story of overcoming rejection. And, like, you see even what she said about her life and she has kind of dismissed the, the grandiosity of it. And she has said it was a sad life over, like, the good didn't outweigh the bad for her. And it started a childhood. Yeah, she was basically rejected by her own family. She said that her mother didn't love her. Uh, their parents were always fighting. And essentially, it just, she couldn't find love within that household. And from a very early age, she was essentially told that you're not good enough. And even, like, getting into music was more, I mean, it's not that she didn't have a love for music at an early age, but it was more that there was nothing else for her to do. It offered a, a method of escape. But she was essentially out on her own from day one. There is harmony towards the end. But it took a very, very long time for her, even on a personal level, to find any kind of self-love and self-acceptance. Which is wild, because you think that she is this incredible giver of that, but it wasn't always there for her. She has said herself she came from cotton fields with nothing. And then at the age of 17, Ike Turner comes into her life. And what happens, Dave? So the crazy thing is that despite everything that we've just said, she appeared to have this incredible self-confidence when it came to singing and music. She would look at a stage and say, I should be on there. I should do this. So Ike Turner was a musician. 
And of course, you know, that story will go to dark places. But early on, for her, it was an, an opportunity to kind of be like, well, I want to be on that stage with him. I want to be in that band. She was enamored by him, enamored by his music and what was happening. And essentially, the story goes that during one of his shows, the drummer put the microphone down, she picked it up, belted away, and a star was born. There's even like another story about how she ends up on this track that she wasn't supposed to be on because she was filling in for a musician who couldn't make it. That was shopped around. The label said, well, who's that? We want her involved. That's where the partnership comes from with them as musicians. But of course, it would be incredibly horrible in terms of how she was treated by him. But she did see a stage. She did see a place for her and she made it her own, which again, you wonder how she had that kind of level of strength given the background. It is quite amazing. Because it obviously came so natural to her to be a performer, whether it was this tiny little club or in later years, you know, massive arenas around the world. But you think back to Tina and what she always had, but right back to those early days with Ike, that amazing, raspy, guttural voice that was normally associated with male soul singers, not not women. And it sounded like the voice seeped up from the ground and up through her. It was incredible, and the moves as well, Dave. Is there anybody you can point to uh, that uh, you listened to as a kid and wanted to sound like? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Ray Charles, Sam Cooke. I've, yeah. uh, I, I never started wanting to be, you know, real feminine. Oh, incredible, yeah. I mean, if you look at some of her performances, as I think people have been doing in the last few days, the stamina of this woman, the cardio that she would display, like professional athletes would look on with envy. Uh, you, you're wondering, how do you possibly sing and dance and move the way that you do this, like in time with the incredible people around you? And just, of course, that would inspire people watching her to do the same. You know, it was rock and roll. She doesn't get enough credit, I think, for you know, not obviously she didn't invent rock and roll, but she helped kind of make it global in some respects. And yeah, like that thing that you're saying about the, you know, the voice kind of coming from the soles of her feet all the way through her body and out. And it is incredible. I mean, yeah, she had this masculine voice and she said it herself. She's like, I didn't sound like other girls, but that was a distinctive enough thing. And it felt real. It didn't feel performative, didn't feel fake. It felt like that's who she is. That's what she sounds like. There's not a lot of people there like her. And like, I think, you know, talking here today and the way that people have been talking about her in recent days, when something like this happens, obviously it is very, very sad, but it gives you the opportunity to celebrate an incredible life lived. And you do look around at someone like Tina Turner and you do say, despite the incredible artists that we do have today and that are still coming through, I feel like there's not going to be another Tina Turner. She really is iconic. And I know that word is the most overused word in the English language today, but it does genuinely apply to her. Yeah, and Cher, yeah. let me ask you, when you look at her life, you knew her as a person, a spirit, an artist. Well, I think, first of all, she's one of the great artists in our in, in our generation, you know, like in rock and roll. I mean, she, there was no other person like her. You know, there, there was no other person even could come kind of close to who she was. And as a woman, she gave you lots of strength, and I'm sure she's encouraged so many young people, but... She gave me lots of strength sometimes, and I gave her lots of strength, too. I think we were perfect friends for each other, truthfully. I absolutely agree with you, Dave. My favourite artist of all time, since I was very young, is Prince. I don't think there'll ever be another Prince in, in any of our lifetimes. And I agree with you uh, in relation to Tina as well. I think that is the case. 
When we look at Tina and, and Ike performing together in the Ike and Tina Turner review, on the surface, everything looks good. She's dazzling in gorgeous outfits and he's looking, you know, as happy as Ike Turner ever could seem to look. And behind the scenes, there's a really horrific story going on, isn't there? Absolutely awful, yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously, like, the spousal abuse, the physical abuse is a huge part of it, but it started with just basic exploitation. I mean, this is, he saw a commodity. And, of course, there's the story about how he gives her the name Tina Turner. Ike Turner, of course, is his name, but he gave her the name Tina because it reminded him of, like, Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. Like, that's kind of where he took it from, but that was meant to be a trademark and a trademark that could be swapped out. So the plan was, if she gets out of line annoys him or just anything bad happens that he deems that way he can just replace her with someone else and keep the name Tina Turner like this kind of you know character he would make up but of course in time she would eclipse him and that was something he also would have feared as well let's be fair I mean you look at the music they made together and you know you have to give credit where it's due it was great like they made great music together but she was clearly the more shining star and whether it was that reason or whether it was he was just naturally abusive, he treated this woman in horrific ways. Like, this, like it's out there in the public record. I don't know if we want to get into some of the actual, the, like, specific details, but a criminal doesn't even cover it. And what she went through, there's stories of her performing on stage with blood in the back of her throat because of the injuries that were inflicted upon her. Uh, he was a monster. Like, there's just no two ways about it. And he abused this woman. And he obviously, like, that would have such a harrowing effect on anybody in any sense, but it also, from the point of view of her rise as a star, it could have broken her. It almost did. You know, like she almost left this world because of the abuse, but something in her persuaded her to stay and eventually kind of take the power back. There was no control. There was no freedom. It was just the sameness, sameness and the violence. And you just get fed up and you say, life is not worth living if I'm going to stay in this situation. And I stayed there as long as I did because... I was trying to help him from the beginning when he told me about his life and how hard it was for him to get a career going. And I promised him that I would never leave him. And I actually stayed because of that promise. But then it got to the point where it became really bad, really bad. So it's time to go. But it is truly, truly harrowing what she went through. And the fact that she spoke about it at a time when that wasn't always happening, even beyond the music, Tina Turner is such a role model for people. And that was a tag that she didn't necessarily fully embrace at first. It took time. There's an interview, I think, in the 90s with Larry King where he says, do you feel like a feminist hero? And she says, I'm, I'm beginning to. Like, it took that long for her to accept that actually somebody could look at her and say, I, I can improve my life because of what you did. She wasn't looking to be a role model. No one's looking to be put in an abusive situation. And it's just, it's horrendous. And even like reading over it again, you do recoil in horror but you do try and cling to the idea that she would get out of this and she would eclipse him. And if you look back at the timeline, so Tina and Ike were together for 16 years in 1976 after she had discovered Buddhism. Um, she left him in Dallas, Texas, and she left him in a very dramatic, scary, frightening, terrifying kind of way. So Tina um, is beaten up in the car by Ike. They go back to the hotel they're staying in. She lets him fall asleep, um, massaging his head until he falls asleep because that's what you would do after Ike had one of his little little bouts of uh, violence. Then she grabs her little bag, nothing, no money to her name, runs across a freeway, gets into a motel, she says, 
as for the manager, I'm Tina Turner. If you let me stay tonight, I will reimburse you. She gets to stay, she gets to call a lawyer and the rest is history. And Dave, you mentioned there in relation to um, the interview she did. So that interview, that huge explosive interview was in 1983 in People magazine. And she did that interview because she was being hounded by press, even when she tried to go solo after the divorce. And the only thing she takes from the divorce is her name. Um, She's still being asked about Ike and she was just like, enough. I had an abusive life. There's no other way to tell the story. And yeah, like the story of just her going, going out on her own and fighting for the name. I mean, like the famous thing of, you know, all I got out of the divorce was the name. But she took the name that was given to her as this kind of, you know, just, you know, exploitative thing. You know, let's make some money out of you. And then used it. He, of course, you know, would contest this and fought it. And there was stories of uh, people intimidating her on the street and she was afraid to leave the house. I think she slept in the closet at one stage because she thought there was people coming in to get her. I, I don't understand how she managed to kind of get beyond this. I mean, and again, you're talking about a time when, I mean, I was about to say, like, you know, it's not like women are always believed today, but I mean, like, people dismissed her concerns. Doctors dismissed her visible injuries. It's amazing that she was able to kind of get beyond this. But yeah, you're right. At a certain point, she was like, we need to put him in the rearview mirror. It's about me now. And I want to still stay in the world of music and I want to try and make it. My dream is to be the first black rock and roll singer to pack places like the Stones. When she became successful, the past came up. Her story reached so many people who felt like they had to keep their secrets locked away deep down. It's hard. One of the worst parts of your life has been an inspiration. So you can look at it from the point of view like, that her life would become full circle because she obviously grew up in a family that rejected her. She found a man who mistreated her horrendously. And it, like, you know, that's how does a heart repair itself? I sound like a Tina Turner lyric now. But I mean, ultimately, it, she did. It happened. And I think that there's a wonderful poetry in the fact that she would have a family of her own and she would meet a man who she did fall in love with and did give her love, Erwin Bach, who, of course, you know, they lived in Switzerland together. But there is a, a beautiful poetry to this where if you look at Ike Turner as someone who took so much from this woman and you look at the last days of Tina Turner's life and she had a kidney transplant about, I think it was 2017, given like her husband Erwin donated his kidney to her because he saw that she was looking up ways to die, essentially. I mean, like she was kind of accepting that her life was over. He stepped in and said, no, it can't be. You need to still be here. He gave a part of himself to this woman to keep her in the world for a few more years. And that is what happened. So if you look at the idea of someone who took all this from her and then a man who gave back to her, but it's also, you know, she is the centerpiece. She is the story. And she did find her family. Tina Turner has lived in Europe for over a decade now. And she gave Mike Wallace a tour of her home in the south of France. Still a work in progress, it has breathtaking views of the French Riviera, a spectacular pool, and all the comforts she needs. You feel like you deserve all this? I deserve more. This is a woman in her 40s. In the early 1980s, when women in their 40s were pretty much pa- well past their sell-by date, you know, that it would be unheard of for a woman of that age, like even the actors of that age, to be playing the sexy ladies on stage performing. But there's Tina, determined to do what she does best, perform. And a woman of colour at that, Tina didn't take no for an answer. 
it's still a thing. I mean, even like you look at Hollywood and roles and how like they begin to dry up for women when they turn 30. Like, like that's still a thing. Of course, there are wonderful actors who will keep acting until the day that they pass away from natural causes at a very old age, but it's still a stigma. There's still a level of, I think, that men don't really receive. You know, like, you know, like it's easier, I think, for the roles to come. And in music as well, yeah, like it's a cosmetic industry, whether we like it or not, it is. And Tina Turner once again was told, yeah, like, like you're done. Like, like it's over. Like, like you can't possibly think that you're going to have a career now. You had one. You ran away from it. And the idea that you're going to reinvent yourself as a pop star in your mid-40s or whatever, it's, not, no, it's, not, it's just not going to happen. But again, that defiance, she said, no, I will. And did to such a degree. And like there's all these kind of stories about, you know, songs being shopped around for different people. She gets her hands on them and she's not necessarily in love with them to begin with, but she makes them her own. And it is that thing of, you know, a Tina Turner song when you hear one. It doesn't matter if it's cover or if it was written for somebody else. It's a Tina Turner song when she sings it. Let's call a spade a spade here. We're talking about what's love got to do with it, um, performed by the wonderful Books Fizz. The wonderful Books Fizz. <laughs> wow. Is that, is that the first time that people have said that about them? Roger Davies takes this song. He's like, Tina, have a listen. Sing along. And she's like, I hate this. Yeah. I hate this. And uh, she uh, she basically turns it into a Tina song, into this guttural, beautiful um, anthem, almost. Yeah, but you can't imagine anyone else singing it, right? You must understand The touch of your hand Makes my folks react and yeah, I love that. I love that her first reaction was one of repulsion. She's like, this is trash, you know, I'm better than this. But then somehow she makes it work. Because I think one of her dismissals was it's very cheesy. And it is. You know, we were saying this earlier on. It's still a cheesy song. But it's, I don't want to use the phrase guilty pleasure because I think that we need to get rid of that. But like, if it comes on, you're probably not going to turn it off and you are going to have a moment with it. She's also a great touchstone to a certain time for different people. I mean, for me, you know, when I was growing up, we had the Simply the Best Greatest Hits on in the house all the time because my mother was obsessed with her. And I saw Goldeneye, the Bond movie, when that came out in 95, I was like 10 or 11, saw it in my local cinema and there's Tina Turner's voice booming out of the screen. So for me, like, you know, it's a wonderful nostalgia when I hear her music and I feel, you know, kind of just a sense of place or something. But I do love that from the get-go, despite all the, you know, all the doors being closed, she wasn't just like, give me any song. But then she's talked into it, makes it her own. And even like you think about something like, you know, the aforementioned, the wonderful, the incredible, the immortal prince that we mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, you think of Shane O'Connor and nothing compares to you. And Johnny Cash and Nine Inch Nails is Hurt. And I'm a huge Nine Inch Nails fan. But that is Johnny Cash's song now. That is Sinead O'Connor's song now. And if Tina Turner jumps on a track, that's it. It belongs to her. She had this unbelievable presence, incredible command, vocals like nobody else. And she could take a song that is a bit silly and is a bit cheesy and make you feel something. And that's Tina Turner. And that album with uh, that album, Private Dancer, Dave, that's it. She's she's arrived. I know people talk about it being a comeback for Tina, but she herself called it an arrival. Yeah, she said that like Tina Turner didn't exist until this moment, which is a fascinating way to look at it. You know, I mean, that is proper like taking chapters of your life and really moving on from them, writing a brand new one. But that's, like, she confounded people in that way. And again, in full defiance, I keep using that word, but in full defiance of a music industry that tells women that, no, no, you're done at a certain age. And also, not, like, what you used to do was better with that guy. Like, like giving him the credit. And so, yeah, it's just another example of her incredible will, I think. And also, like, there's a certain charisma in that, too, to just be like, let's start from scratch. Let's make this work. 
because you think about the influence now, and I mentioned at the the uh, top of this podcast about Beyonce and Taylor Swift on these massive world tours now, and that's all thanks to Tina. Um, but you look way back to uh, the Tina and Ike years and the way Tina performed, you know, molded the likes of Mick Jagger. I mean, he basically watched Tina dance and said, I want I want to do that. I want to be exactly like that. And that's what he did. I used to watch him standing in the wings and I didn't know why, you know, why he was looking. And then I started watching him. He was just doing the tamarind thing at first, you know, just beating on the floor with the tamarind. He'd tear up one and he'd get the another, another one. And so when he came to the States and worked with him. Here he was all over the stage and I said, aha, now I know what he was doing. We haven't even spoken about the Phil Spector stuff as well, where she got that opportunity to shine without Ike. Yeah, to uh, do River Deep Mountain High, which is amazing, of course, incredible. And again, like I'm going to throw out this to superlatives all the time because you're like, that's an amazing song. That's an incredible song. And yeah, the story goes that Phil Spector wanted to sequester her away from Mike Turner because he saw the abuse and he saw the control and he saw that this you know person was being mistreated and misused. And again, let's not venerate Phil Spector too much because, of course, we know what happens in the later later days of his life, very horrible stuff there. But if we give him the benefit of the doubt here from a producer perspective, if he did see Tina Turner and did say, I think we can do great things together in the studio, keep him away, let's go in there and let you be free and let let you do what you want to do. If that is how it went down, I wasn't there, of course. Um, All we can kind of trust is really the output, which is that song, and it is amazing. So yeah, I mean, but people, people did see this. You couldn't, not see it in her. And you mentioned Mick Jagger, obviously, you know, paying tribute this week, but also he's admitted it. He has said, yeah, I absolutely took from Tina Turner. Of course, you can't deny it. The Rolling Stones, like I love the Rolling Stones, but let's be honest, I mean, they, you talk about musical magpies, they just took black music, you know, and made it their own as many white rock and roll bands have done over the years. That's just the reality of it. And we don't give the credit enough to the black musicians. So it's at least Mick Jagger. I think he, like, he was friendly with her and there's talk of, you know, Rod Stewart, David Bowie, a lot of UK musicians at that time did platform her and did talk about her, talked about her in interviews, talked about her at listening parties. I think Bowie said she's the best female vocalist he'd ever worked with or ever heard. They put her name out there. These icons or these rising stars at the time, they brought her into their world, but their world was completely enhanced by her presence. There's just no two ways about that. Yeah, white male rock bands um, selling out uh, uh, arena tours was the thing. It was done. There was no questions asked. Of course it was going to happen. Tina Turner then playing, uh, say, in Rio um, on the Break the Rules tour. Was it 198 or 189,000? Somewhere around that kind of, yeah. Amazing. Incredible. In the Maracanã, yeah, the football stadium. Again, stuff you just don't see that often. But it's, it was unheard of at the time, absolutely unheard of for a female artist to do this. Um, but that was the level of public fervor that was swept up by her. She is a global superstar. And I often think about, do people like Tina Turner or even like, you know the Stones or whoever, like artists of the day, did they benefit from not being in the social media age or would it have been bigger? If Tina Turner arrives today out of nowhere, do we even know? You know, because obviously right now there's just so much music out there and the, everything is so easily accessible I wonder, you know, do they benefit from the CD era? Do they benefit from magazine interviews? It was a very different time. But the fact that she was able to become a global icon and transcend, and whether it is 200,000 odd people in a stadium in Brazil, 
whether it's my mother blasting the greatest hits in my house in Drogheda, doesn't matter. She touched all corners of the globe and did it brilliantly at every turn, just absolutely brilliantly. And my huge thanks to Dave Hanratty, music journalist and host of the No Encore podcast for joining me today. I'm Siobhan McGuire and today's episode of the Indo Daily was produced by myself, researched by Avine Fallon, with sound by John Smith. Archive clips from 60 Minutes on CBS News, The Dick Cavett Show, Tina, the documentary on HBO, MSNBC, The Oprah Winfrey Network, The Jonathan Ross Show on ITV, NBC News and independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.